Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with us. We're looking today at 2 Timothy. Going to recap a little bit of some stuff that we looked at the last couple of episodes to set the context. This is so, so important. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We've looked at the first four verses, so let me read these again, then we'll press on. Paul says this, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Paul was very forthright about this. He was very bold about this, and I believe there was a reason that we're about to see in just a moment. The next verse begins with the word, but. But? Really? Verse 5. But you, so he's speaking to Timothy, he's speaking to us, but you. Be sober. The idea of being sober-minded, being self-controlled. Be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And so he'd been encouraging Timothy in both the letters that he wrote to him to uh, fan into flame the giftedness that had been given to him, right? And not to let people uh, look down upon him or despise him. Don't let that distract him because of his youth and things like that. But to keep pressing on. One of the callings that Timothy had, one of the ministries that he had, was that of an evangelist, uh, a heralder that would go from place to place. He would stay for a while, okay? He would stay for a while. But there's something else that is happening here, something else that is going on. Watch this. Be sober in all things. Endure hardships. He says, make sure that you're sober-minded, you're self-controlled. You're going to have hardships. Endure those things. Do the work of an evangelist. Notice how it's work. Fulfill your ministry. Then verse 6, Paul speaking. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. We're about to find out what Paul's status is. We're about to find out why he's writing in this way and what's going on in his own life personally. He shared that quite often in his writings. You would know who was with him, uh, what the situation was, uh, how many times he'd been shipwrecked, beat, et cetera, that kind of stuff. But now he's saying, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And that would have meant a great deal to those with the Hebrew background. Uh, there's all sorts of various offerings and sacrifices that you see in the Mosaic Levitical law. And uh, one of them was a drink offering. Okay, And he says, I'm being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Okay, He knows that his life is about to come to an end. Now, he doesn't know exactly when it's going to be. Okay, Now, how do I know that he doesn't know exactly when? Well, because in just a few verses toward the end of this chapter right here when he closes the letter out, he tells Timothy, hey, you know, make every effort you can to come to me soon. Okay, And then he describes... What happens, you know, what's occurred, uh, some people have left him, some people have abandoned him. He sent some people off to some other things. And then he tells Timothy to, hey, when you come, bring some stuff. He told him to bring uh, his cloak. Just think about that. Uh, he was anticipating a cold winter or something. 
said, bring me that thing that, you know, sort of doubles as my blanket and as my outer garment. Bring me that cloak and bring me the books, especially the parchments. I think that's a picture of uh, the scripture. And so Paul knows that his life is being poured out. He knows that the time of his departure has come. And yet, even with that understanding, he's still looking toward the future. He's still planning for the future here in this corporeal existence, knowing that he's about to step into eternity. I think that's such a picture for us in the way that we should be living day in and day out. Most of us are way too focused upon the now, right now. Some people are way too focused upon the things in the future, and they don't do anything now. They just sort of ride now, all of life now, waiting until they get to glory. Okay? Both are in error. We need that. our hope. And boy, you see this all the way through, uh, like the book of Titus. We just finished Titus here uh, yesterday in a local Bible study. And uh, three chapters in Titus. Uh, there's all sorts of strong doctrinal sound teaching in Titus. But there's three major doctrinal passages, one in each one of those chapters. And each one of those uh, sound doctrine, sound teaching passages uh, ends with some statement about the hope that we have in the return of the Lord or the hope that we have in salvation in the future. So we have that hope, folks. That's the hope to which we know about and which we're going for and we're pressing on to and we're striving to. We have it because we're saved. We receive that's because at one point in time we believed what Jesus did for us, his death, his burial, his resurrection. We repented and confessed and said, Lord, forgive me, and he saved us. We were justified at that moment. Now we're being sanctified, working out the salvation, growing in holiness and righteousness. And then the day is going to come, whether it be when the Lord's return or when we die and go to him, that we uh, will be glorified. Okay, We will be glorified and in his presence. What he's saying here is, I know my time has come. I know I'm about to depart. But he still tells Timothy to do some stuff. But now go back to verse 7. Paul's continuing to speak. He says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Uh, in another uh, portion of the scripture, you see that Paul's greatest concern was that he would not press on and be faithful until the end. And, you know, quite often we think, well, that's sort of ridiculous. You know, the older you get, the easier it is to be a believer. I'm here to tell you that's not true. That's not true. I could give you a couple of examples that would really rattle you, but I'm not going to get into those details right now, about people that were powerful, powerful, powerful individuals of God and in their 70s and 80s years of age, uh, rejected, walked away, sinned in, in horrific ways. And so we must press on. We must finish the course. We must keep the faith. As a matter of fact, the fact that you finish the course, the fact that you keep the faith until the end, Scripture tells us this, the fact that you keep it till the end is the strongest evidence that you are truly saved that you keep it, okay? So again, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. Verse eight, in the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, there that is again, you see that in 2 Timothy, you see it in Titus a lot about the judge and in James too, I believe. Yeah, James too, yeah. The Lord, the righteous judge will award me on that day and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And you see all these uh, statements about the Lord's appearing. Sometimes they're speaking of the uh, first time he came. Sometimes they're speaking of the time when he comes again, which is yet to be. Sometimes it could be both. Right here he's saying, I got a crown of righteousness, which the Lord has for me. And it's laid up for me. And it will be re rewarded to me on that day. 
Boy, anytime you see that day, pay real close attention to it. Sometimes it refers to the day of the Lord. Uh, and this right here is really past the day of the Lord. It's on the day of the Lord when the Lord will grant and award these things. Okay, But he says this, it's not only for him, but it's also to all who have loved his appearing. All who have loved his appearing when he first came. Okay? All who loved his appearing when he comes the next time. All who loved his appearing when the next time, uh, when the future was the first time. <laughs> that was confusing, wasn't it? That's speaking of the Old Testament believers. They believed and loved his appearing, which was yet to come. We are at a time where we can look back to the past and see his appearing when he came first, but then look to the future to time that is yet to come. And he says, everyone who's loved that appearing will be uh, awarded a crown of righteousness. And it tells that sort of gives you an idea what that loved means. They are in righteous relationship with the most high God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, I, I just find it amazing that Paul's sitting there saying, hey, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. I'm about to die. But I know this in the future. This is what's laid up for me. That, folks, is something that rejoices if you're a true believer. If you're not a true believer, if you're just a religionist and you're, you're a good person, you go to church and you do all this kind of stuff, but you know that you don't have that, it's not too late, folks. You know, if you truly believe that Jesus is who he says that he is, then repent and confess and he will save you today. Again, I am Dale and I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.